everyone, welcome back to another special episode of Roadmap Plus for our team managers and destination imagination. We know you got a lot going on, team managers. You're busy folks. And so we're going to cover some big topics on a small time frame. Today, I am joined again by our dear friends from the Educational Experiences team. We're here with Amanda Potter and Erica Begun Veenstra. Hi, friends. Hi. Hi. How are you? <laughs> Good. Thank you for joining us again. And uh, it's springtime for Destination Imagination, which for many of us means tournaments. Hooray. Some of our teams are in the middle of their tournament season. Some of them are about to begin. Uh, fun for all, regardless of where it is on their calendar. That's what we're going to talk about today. Tournament fun. Let's start by talking about the friends who have a really great regional tournament and they get to advance to an additional one. They've got some freedom uh, in between tournaments of some changes that may or may not be made. So how would you recommend uh, approaching that and what might need to be adapted, if anything at all? Sure. It's a good question. Um, I want to start by saying that there is actually no requirement or expectation that your team should update your solution in between tournaments. It's totally up to the decision of the team members and whether or not they feel like they have time, whether or not they want to make updates. So there's no expectation um, on the part of the next tournament that you have changed anything. You could totally show up with no changes and maybe you've just polished a little bit between tournaments, or you could change quite a few things. And either way that your team chooses to approach this is absolutely fine. Um, if you do decide to update or adapt your solution in between tournaments, my recommendation would be to take a look at the scores and the sticky notes that you received from your recent tournament. That's going to give you a lot of information about um, what your team did really well on, what your team may have room for improvement on. Um, and it may give you an idea of places that you can improve to really maximize your scores at the next tournament that you attend. I would suggest sitting down as a team, um, having a, a group meeting, looking at your scores, looking at those sticky, nights, sticky notes, and identifying areas of strength and areas for improvement, either based on those scores and sticky notes or based just on how your team members feel about how you did on that day. Um, and then create a list. Just make a list of, of what areas you can improve on, what was really great, and then take the time to actually prioritize that list. So a list is really great and it's helpful but I think it's even more helpful when you put it in order of maybe importance, maybe amount of time and effort it would take to improve something about your solution, or you can prioritize it by just about any other criteria your team identifies and wants to prioritize it by. That might be different from team to team. Yeah, for some of our teams, they they might not have a long time period in between their tournaments. So knowing those priorities is definitely something that's going to be helpful. That's great. Exactly. Any other advice? Um, I would say that if it makes sense, you can assign tasks to different team members so you don't overload any one person. Um, so you can say, Kelsey, you're going to work on something tangible, maybe that that really works with a tangible part of your solution. Erica's going to work on a different tangible item between our team meetings. I'm going to work on something, something else that's tangible. And then you come back together. Any task that you can delegate to different team members in between team meetings may be a good strategy to take delegation. 
Yeah. Um, Amanda, in your experience, do you see a lot of teams who make adjustments uh, in between their tournaments or do a lot of them just keep on keeping on with what worked? (laughs) You see it all. You see both. You see small adjustments. You see enormous adjustments. I will say in my personal experience, when I was a team member, we would typically adjust quite a bit in between tournaments. But I don't know that there is one typical strategy. Awesome. That's good to know. It's good to know. All right. So some teams will be lucky enough to get to advance to other tournaments where they have to make that decision about changing or not, as we just went over. But for some teams, it might just be a local tournament. It might just be a local and an affiliate tournament. And we're super proud of all of our teams, regardless of how far they advance. But uh, Erica, can you tell us more about for those teams uh, who reach the end of their tournament season? As a team manager, how do you address that with them? How do you talk to them about the loss? but celebrate what they accomplished together. Right. So one thing that DI does try to promote is the idea of social emotional learning. And part of that is learning how to manage your emotions, how to respond to disappointment and frustrating situations. And for me, this is one of those great teaching moments. Um, You can teach your team that loss is part of competition. Not everybody can win, just as not everybody is going to lose. You get both sides of the coin there. And part of competition and competing is learning how to handle that disappointment of a loss. Uh, We call it resilience, learning resilience and failure resilience. It's not fun to lose. No one likes to lose. But you also need to think about the fact that loss does not equal failure. The team still succeeded at a lot of things. And by highlighting and recognizing those successes, you can mitigate some of the pain of the loss. Basically, what I like to suggest is that you acknowledge, first of all, the feelings. Feelings are real. We all have big feelings, especially when you're dealing with kids, you deal with a lot of big feelings and acknowledging that it's okay to feel upset or frustrated or sad about the loss. Talking about that, those feelings is a really important part of processing and learning how to process emotions. Those feelings are reasonable. They're real. It's all part of disappointment and disappointment is inherently part of loss. But part of how it can be a teaching moment is by focusing on how can we take this disappointment and react to it appropriately? Do we storm around and rage and throw things or do we express ourselves and then grieve as a group and move on with the the process of learning from those mistakes and from those disappointments? Sometimes simply naming the emotion that you're feeling and it dealing with those emotions socially can be a really good learning moment saying, I feel sad that we didn't advance to affiliate tournaments. Your teammates can then relate to that and they can also start to express how they're feeling. And that fosters empathy between team members that builds trust and creates more team bonding moments as you're all kind of feeling things and processing them at the same time and together in your own unique ways, but also as a team. Another thing we tend to see is that people tend to focus on the negatives rather than the positives when there's big feelings involved. So when you have a loss, you don't necessarily think about all the good things that led up to that moment. You think of, oh, we didn't do what we wanted. We didn't succeed. It was terrible. And, you know, you get those kind of big negative emotions. And that's what we tend to focus on because that's just how human brains work. For a team, it's really important to reframe how you think of failure and how you think of loss. And that loss in this case, again, isn't failure. It's a chance to learn from your, I don't want to say mistakes, but a chance to learn from your experiences and to 
take those into the future and take that experience onward and try different things. So instead of framing a loss as a disaster, it's over for us, it's the end of our season, say, hey, these are the great things we learned during our season. And let's focus on that at first, especially when those feelings of disappointment are still so fresh and so, so raw. Focusing the team on what went right instead of what went wrong can create some of that rebound from the, the hard feelings into, okay, yeah, maybe we didn't place where we wanted to place in the tournament, but we were able to get to the tournament. We were able to make cool costumes and create our own song. And we learned to work with people who were really different from us. And we made new friends and gosh, darn it. We had a lot of fun in instant challenge. And wasn't that really, really cool when it all came together at the last second. And so by building up those positive experiences, it can cancel out some of that negativity that comes from the disappointment of loss. Yeah. I think every team needs to acknowledge that just them going is a victory. It's huge. They they were able to create in a way that not everybody was able to create, and we can't forget that part. No matter what, uh, no matter what trophies are involved at the end, that's cool. Yeah. Thank you, Erica. I'm sorry I interrupted you. What else did you want to add about You're that? No, I was going to say after you've had some time to process the good, maybe a week or two weeks after your tournament experience, then you can get together and say, okay, well, these things didn't work. How can we fix that? How can we learn from those moments? And that's where it's really important as a team manager to kind of serve as a, a mediator because that's when those hard feelings can kind of pop up again. And so you want to make sure your team isn't blaming each other for a loss. You don't want to say, Amanda, you left the costume in the car. It's all your fault because that creates hard feelings in Amanda. And now Amanda is feeling bad and sad and guilt and shame and all this negative emotion soup. Our listeners can't see Amanda's face as this hypothetical was addressed, but even even in a hypothetical situation, it caused some big feelings for Amanda. So yes, that's a great example, Erica. We don't want to do that. We don't want Amanda sad. No. But instead, you want to frame it as, okay, the costume was left in the car. That wasn't so great. So next time, how can we prevent the costume from being left in the car? That way, the blame isn't put on a team member. The failure isn't directed at a team member, but owned collectively by the team. And then the problem solving and the brainstorming can move forward with, okay, this was the problem, just like this was our challenge or this was our instant challenge. And this is how we're going to approach it next time this happens so that maybe it doesn't happen next time and that things can go better at your next tournament. That's great. I think uh, I think as adults, these are all good reminders too for when we have a failure. So thank you for addressing it that way. Uh, what what else do you have? Um, the only other thing I have is you always want to bring it back to the positive. We always remember the last experience we have in an interaction. And if you end on a negative note, the memories of that are going to be negative. So even if you have a loss, celebrate at the end. That's part of the creative process too. So have those hard conversations, but then go do something fun as a team. Have a pizza party, go to the zoo, just run around in the front yard and scream at the sky, whatever you need to do to bounce yourself back into more of that positive, this is fun kind of mindset is going to help reset and reframe that disappointment. 
Yeah, that's right. Um, I'm curious if either of you would like to address um, kind of the the immediate version of that question of you're sitting, you know, at your award celebration, you're at the end of your tournament day with your team and you're with them when they learn that they're not going to advance to another tournament or you're with them when they learn they didn't get the award they were hoping for. Like, what's what's your recommended response for that moment where where you're with them and they learn that news? Take a breath. Just in the moment, give everybody just a beat to take a big breath, hold it and let it back out. And then that can kind of give you a reset in the midst of all this turmoil that's happening around you and, and big feelings and all of that. It can kind of reconnect you and then you can sort of move on from there. That would be my first step in that very moment. Just everybody take a breath. That's great. I love that. Thank you. Have Kleenex handy. Just be prepared for it. Know that tears are going to happen. Award ceremonies are big, high excitement, big, high emotion. And that can lead to a big swing in emotions where you've got this big high and then all of a sudden you get this, this low. And that's where tears happen. And again, acknowledge that tears are okay and that we have some disappointment and then take them all for a fun dinner afterwards. You know, again, redirect, take the negative and turn it into a positive experience to kind of close out that cycle. Uh, on the other end of that spectrum, sometimes the tears are happy tears because your team did get the news that they were hoping for. Uh, in, in that case, what's your advice for that moment, which is going to come up for a lot of our teams this season? Take a breath. Also take a breath. <laughs> yes, I love it. I love it. Uh, you know what? That's great. It's easy for uh, for the grownups to remember when it's one for either either solution. That's great. There you go. Yeah. All right. So regardless of the results of our local tournaments, everybody's tournament season is going to end at some point between now and the end of May. So uh, when and wherever that happens for us, what do you recommend about ways to stay active and engaged in DI uh, even after the tournament season has come to an end? Yeah, um, so many ways to stay active. Uh, first one, like Erica already mentioned, is to just go ahead and celebrate your successes in the previous season, look back, reflect, have a team party, maybe present your accomplishments to your supporters, whether those are your teachers or your family or your friends or whomever, just get other people involved in your celebration. You could create a little keepsake video of any pictures or presentation videos or just other videos that you have. You can put those together and then you have it forever. I did that with my DI experience and I still have those that I can watch and they're really fun to look back on. Um, or you can just find some time to reflect on your experiences as a team and what you learned during your time in DI. All of those are really great ways to celebrate or you might have some other ways to celebrate that your team members come up with. Um, then it's time to look at next season. If you're, if you are participating again, we have sneak peeks out. We have points of interest out to let you know what's coming up as far as team challenges go. You can start talking with your team members about which challenges you might like to solve, which ones sound interesting. You can start brainstorming some ideas for those things, or just talk about what sparks joy or interest in your team members for next season. Yeah. I know a lot of our teams and frankly, team managers who are pouring over those sneak peeks right now, trying to like decode what the challenges are going to be. Uh, for those yeah. of us who haven't seen them yet, can you remind us where on the DI website they can be found? 
Yes, they are still coming soon, but very soon they will be released under the Team Challenges tab of our website. Wonderful. And for for those DI friends who are currently playing detective with, with the sneak peeks, because uh, <laughs> you both know all the secrets, which is such an exciting I position do. to be in. Uh, mm-hmm. Can you give us, can you both give us one word that describes something you're excited about for the new suite of challenges? I'm going to say suspense because everything has a little bit of suspense. Nice. Um, Ooh, well, now I want to know more. Yes. <laughs> Erica, your one word about what you're excited about for next season? Everything. Oh, it's cheating, but I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, real answer. I'll go with Tall Tales. Ooh, all right. Well, now I'm intrigued. I'm excited to read these, as I'm sure all of our teams and team managers are. Erica Begumvinstra, what is one thing you wish everybody knew about DI? So the best way to recharge your creativity after a hard, long season or even a hard team meeting is just do something creative, something different from what you've been doing to give yourself that creative recharge that you need. Love that. Love that. Thank you, Erica. Amanda Potter, what is one thing you wish everybody knew about DI? Ooh. So can I get on a little bit of a a positive soapbox for a minute? Do it. Get on the positive soapbox, Amanda. Okay. So I have been doing some reading lately, a lot of reading about the importance of emotional literacy. And so I've been reading lots of books that give us lots of very detailed definitions about the differences between seemingly similar emotions. It's been really fascinating. It's been really good for me. Um, I was reading uh, Brene Brown's newest book called Atlas of the Heart. I don't know if I can give a shout out, but I'm going to give a shout out to that book. Why not? Maybe she's listening. Thanks, Brene. Maybe she's listening. Hey, Brene, if you're listening, that would be my biggest dream. Anyway, (laughs) great book. But I got to um, this part where she's talking about belonging versus fitting in. And it just gave me the vocabulary to really describe what I have experienced in DI and the vocabulary that I've never had to describe what I experienced in DI. And she says the difference between belonging and fitting in in a group is that when you belong, you are celebrated for your authentic self and encouraged to be your authentic self. And the group values you because of your uniqueness. And if that's the case, you're belonging. If you're fitting in, it means that you're changing yourself in order to be accepted by the group. And what I think is so beautiful about that is that DI creates belonging for people. And it's what I felt for 20 plus years of being involved. And just it was it was a nice moment to be able to put a word to it and also to be able to identify the differences so that if I'm feeling a certain way about being in a group, I can say, hey, I'm really belonging here and that's why I love it so much. Or, hey, I'm just sort of fitting in here and this is maybe why it feels uncomfortable. All of that is to say, bringing it back to emotional literacy, the more we can talk about how we're feeling in a group, 
the more we understand each other and the more bonded, like Erica was saying earlier, um, we will feel in that group and the better we set ourselves up for belonging rather than just fitting in. And so shout out to all our team managers, because one of the things that I think is so interesting as an adult is when you talk to former team members from different teams, everybody thinks that their experience in DI was totally unique and amazing and the best thing that ever happened and way better than everybody else's team. And the thing is, it's true for everyone. That is just a universal thing in most cases, um, where your own experience was so personal to you, your own uniqueness was so celebrated, you belonged, um, that it's just that impactful. And that's due to team managers and volunteers. So thanks, everybody. There- <laughs> thank you for that, Amanda. Thank you. And uh, thank you both for all you do to help instill that that sense of belonging throughout DI's educational experiences. So thank you for that. And thank you for joining us today. Uh, here at Roadmap Plus, we would like to acknowledge that today's episode was recorded on land originally inhabited and cultivated by the Ojibwa, Lenape, and Shawnee Nations. We are grateful for this land and to the people who cultivated it for generations. I'm your host, Kelsey Selleck. If you have other questions about your experience as a team manager, you're welcome to reach out to us at volunteer at DIHQ.org. We'll see you next time on Roadmap Plus.